What's up, everybody? Welcome to the TGIF podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm here with my two compadres, Killigreg17. Hey, yo. And Megastar Mark. Hello. I'm, I'm huge in Japan. I don't know if you guys knew that. I'm huge in Japan. I am too, but that's because to Japanese people, I look like Godzilla. Yeah, you are. Oh. I'm a massive You're man. Very tall. You're very tall. Baby person. arms. Right. <laughs> Like a T-Rex. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, last time on the show, we did an episode di- all about famous directors who directed TJF. So uh, what'd you think about that one? That was fun. It was different. Very I liked our director concept. talk. Like, I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. yeah too. I love Anything? talking about movies. Yeah. Although I do feel like we came off very stereotypical. Yeah. Well, we said that, too. We said, of course, right. we're going to pick know. Quentin Tarantino for everything. Yeah. We're a bunch of white dudes. Talent's I, talent. Of course, we're going to do that. I I picked Tommy Wiseau. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. count, Mark. You're being contrarian. Me and uh, him no one takes you best seriously. Buds. Best buds. I've met Tommy, so I, know I don't have. know what you're talking about. He didn't mention you once. Wow. Because he was keeping it. He didn't want to make you jealous that he knew me, but he didn't know that you knew me, too. That's, that's li- the thing. That's true. That's right. true. Right. What's his new movie? He's doing a new movie, right? Sharknado. Shark Boy. Big Shark Navy or something. And yeah. yeah, Big, Big shark. shark. That's what it is. Big Shark. I've uh, been talking it. about that for years, though. I remember the, the the one I went to where he was, you know, after the show, he was there. He was talking about it. So Many years in the making. It's, it must be good now. Mm. This time we're talking about bands, music, Ooh. the music yes. business. And a guy turning into a musician. <laughs> a little bit of a, a little bit, a little bit of everything on this episode. Yeah, we're sprinkling it in. I, yeah. I kind of like the variety of what we had this week. We get a little of everything. You know, we get it from the manager side. We get it from the singer side. Yeah. We get it from the family. We get it from a guy turning into Elvis. Yeah. Um, we get it from Aunt Becky's side. Yeah. Right. Right. She was upset. You guys, were you guys in a band? You were in a band. You play an instrument? Yeah, I mean, loosely, right? Okay, it was one of those things where it's like I went to a very small high school, so it was basically like, okay, well, you play guitar and (laughs) you play the bass, and I play the drums, and even though we don't really get along and listen to the same music or anything, I guess we're we're a band, right? Right. there's literally no one else here who can do this. We're just a band. <laughs> so like we begrudgingly got together like four or five times and banged out some Jimmy Eat World songs and we're just like, I think I think we're done with this. <laughs> did you uh did you have a band name? No, yeah. we didn't get that far. I would assume mm-hmm. it was Jimmy Eat World 2. <laughs> Jizz Mop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There it is. We're right <laughs> in the triple X always. Yep. Right away. Playing right. at the Wilton Mall. Come on down. At the Wilton Mall. <laughs> or at least in front of the Wilton Mall. Oh, in the parking lot. Yeah. So yeah. that was my band experience. I was a drummer. Uh, I okay. Could, I played guitar a bit in high school, but, you know, just like every 16-year-old boy plays guitar. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pretty much. What about you, Mark? You ever in a band? Oh, absolutely not. No, I played French horn for about <laughs> two weeks in elementary weeks. school and realized that I have no skill for music. I've been to a shit ton of concerts, as I th- obviously we all, I think mm, all three yeah. of us have. Yes. Um, so I, I, that, that was my like, you know, 
introduction to him. I really just go into a lot of concerts, meeting. I met a lot of bands backstage. That was fun to me. Mm. Um, I had to do things to get backstage, but no, I paid. I didn't. I didn't do anything. Oh, okay, okay. And then the then the blowjobs. Um, <laughs> but I, I had a really good time. I really, I mean, like just I, I look back on that very fondly of like high school all the way through kind of like two, three years after college, like going to all the like the local spots here in upstate New York yeah. and just hanging out and getting to meet the people afterwards. And that was like kind of my, my my closest I ever got to being in a band. Okay. Okay. I was never in a band. Never in a band. In high school, we came up with the idea to start a ska band, except for nobody could play any instruments. Oh, my God. The name of the band. band. You would have you been perfect then. It would have been so fun. The name of the band was was going to be Bilf. Bill. band i'd like to fuck oh that's i kind of dig that yeah. that is a tremendous ska band name i had my fingers crossed you're gonna say jizmop and then we would have to have a fight not quite bill man <laughs> yeah. i like to fuck i like that that's, that's really, really good funny yeah it never happened we never did anything we stole a trombone from the school you were... we got a trombone right we had like were... eight 18 people who thought they could play guitar none of them could Oh, you're, and one you're... trombone. This really is the origin story to the Mighty Mighty Boston. It is. Yeah, right. This is what happened. They stole a trombone. Nobody can play guitar, and one of you stole a trombone. And the rest is history. Oh God, what's your uh, what's your favorite concert you've seen? Oh God, what's your favorite uh, concert. You've seen? Uh, this is real easy. Speaking of ska, uh, it Speaking was of ska. Yeah, it was. Uh, Give me your favorite and your least favorite. Oh, Give me God. one of each. Uh, so my favorite all time, it was Streetlight Manifesto. Love those guys. Uh, Aquabats and Real Big Fish at oh, the 930 Club in Washington, D.C. Nice. Um, That's a fun I, one. It was I, it was an awesome show. It was a good time in my life. The 930 Club is like a really wonderful venue. Mm. Um, Boy, worst, worst performance. I've seen some real shitters. Uh, I, I will tell you. So. Um, oh my God, I can't remember their name now. Oh, oh boy, they opened for Power Man Five Thousand. Whoa, yep, that's um, a name. That's they, a name. <laughs> they are a band you know. They're not saliva, but they, they could, be <laughs> they could be saliva. They could be. It could be saliva. It could not. Uh, or so, saliva like they're like breaking benjamin but not they're like trapped but not <laughs> it's, it's like drowning pool but not oh but saliva oh saliva right <laughs> so i saw saliva okay. open for <laughs> oh my god they're like uh, all these bands but not this is this is really gonna drive me nuts uh and i'll think i'll come back to it at the end so all right i fine. saw a band open for uh power man power 5000 man. And I said to myself, I said to the person next to me, I said, this has got to be the worst band I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. It was just generic cock rock song after generic cock rock song. And it was just like, this is fucking torture. Mm -hmm. And flash forward, they turned into a popular band. Really? Like, yes. So and you I, knew. So before they made it big, you started shitting on them. Yes. Okay. And Drowning like, pool? I'm, is it Drowning Pool? I think I said Drowning Pool. No, oh, it wasn't okay. Drowning Pool. Because Did you say that? The singer for Drowning Pool died. Yeah. Um, and Rob Zombie took over for Drowning Pool for a little while, I think. Um, yeah. Ah, boy, I wish I could. The story is so much better at that. Um, and I, I, this is going to go off on tangent. I'll tell you another real shitter of a band I've seen like three or four times. Okay. They, they're garbage every time. 311. Okay. Yep. Um, 
Oh I my like, god. I like 311 the band wow. and they suck live. Wow. Um, well, I got I got a million of them. Buckle up. Uh I'll tell you another all-time shitter, Evanescence. Oh. I can see that. Utter garbage. Um now are then, you saying utter they didn't put on a good live show? Is that no, what you're I mean, saying? No, they're a trash band yeah, and they're even right. worse live somehow. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep, mm. yep, yep. Um <laughs> did they play a compilation of their hit? Yeah. Mm. Okay, got it. How could you even tell? Every one of their I songs know. sounds like they're hit. <laughs> hit. Um hit. and then uh Our Lady Peace is Ooh. pretty shit live. Yeah. Um the problem with Our Lady Peace is not that they're actually bad live, is that they're very uninteresting. Like okay. their songs live sound like their songs on CDs. It's if you told me they were pressing play and lip syncing, I would believe you. Like, oh wow, okay. No variation, no mm -hmm. time difference, no engagement with the crowd, literally nothing. Mm. I think that's probably that's most of them. I could keep going, but those are the ones that like really stick. I gotta find out who this band was. Yeah. I'll type in shit rock bands from 2003 and see what comes up. <laughs> God damn it, Google, it's not saliva. Stop. That sounds like a podcast you need to start. Yeah. Shit rock bands from 2003. Oh, he would go on for <laughs> at least 50 episodes there. <laughs> you, got a, you got a little chunk there. All right, Mark, you got a uh, best concert, worst concert? So the shittiest one, I've actually surprisingly already mentioned them as, as a joke in this episode, the Boss Tones. I've seen them twice. Wow. And yeah. both times they were absolute garbage. They also played wow. for about 20 minutes. It was so frustrating. They played at, uh, it was, the place up here, Northern Lights, I saw them. Um, mm. And then they also played my, I went to Siena College, and they played the Siena Fest, whatever it was. And they literally played for 20 minutes in the middle of the day and then just left. There's no like, hey, thanks for coming out or anything. Like, they just left and we're like, okay, that's it. It was just very disappointing. But mm. the first time in Northern Lights, they uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls opened and they fucking rocked. They They're were, awesome. They I'm put listening on, to them this week. Where they what a live show they tore it down they also played for about three times as long as the boston so also really nice so wow. just it was a weird experience both times and i remember i saw them and i'm like oh i hope this isn't like last time when they only played for 20 minutes and they did again it was the weirdest thing wow uh yes i i almost said the boston's as well i've seen them yeah. twice both times utter shit yeah right <laughs> yeah. wow it's very weird because oh. I did like their, obviously I like their music enough to where I would go to the concerts. So, but absolutely. I found out what band it is. Who? Oh, it was Hinder. 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 Yeah. I like that you were stringing us along, but you gave the clues. I think yeah. somebody listening to this in their car was screaming, Hinder. It's Hinder. Hinder! We know this one. Yeah, right. Saliva, I think, though. Saliva I think I had Hinder's CD. I think I had. Oh, come on. <laughs> I think I had it. You didn't have to tell us that. I think I had Hinder's CD. So, could have been, that could have been one of those things. No, I had Creed too. I mean, I had. Oh, I had I've, I've seen tricks. Creed twice live. Yep. Pretty fucking good. Oh. Sometimes they got to put on a stage. So I can tell you the. Oh. There's a lot favorite... of fire in their shows. That's fun. <laughs> my favorite concert I ever went to has nothing to do with the band, but the experience. And okay. it was one I shared with Killer Greg over here. Oh. We saw oh, Queens yeah. of the Stone Age. Whoa. Turbo Negro. It's Turbo Negro. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> we need to hear Lights. this story. It was okay. So Queens of the Stone Age, they they put on a great show. The, independent of that, they ended. It was very, it was awesome. I had a great time listening. They were really, really intense, and I loved it. Mm. Before that, okay, 
Are you familiar with Turbo Negro? No. Swedish oh. death metal. Uh, they oh, boy. sauntered out on stage. <laughs> the lead singer, probably about 60 pounds overweight, shirtless. We called him Fat Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Fat Alice Cooper. Codpiece. Makeup. Oh, no. And they all dressed like they were like nautical sailors. Remember they had like the hats and everything like that? And you're just in awe of what you're seeing. Guy gets on the mic. Broken English, Scandinavian English. He's like asking us if we're ready to accept his darkness. Okay. No reaction. He's like, <laughs> nobody. You don't know what you're asking for, but here it comes. Then he just riffs into some insane song about badgers fucking dolphins. Not even joking. That was what the song. The, the <laughs> intro to this song was. And he oh, and he's talked in this high falsetto yes. voice. Yes, right. He said. And then the dolphin yep. said to the badger, don't say motherfucker, motherfucker. And then they played the song. Right. Don't say motherfucker, motherfucker. Right. Oh, my God. And it goes like this. Which is also every other one of their songs. Also, It's like a train rolling down the track. He also, in between songs, he would talk. And everything he said was funnier than the last. He talked about how the uh, if you're familiar with Northern Lights, the um, there there was an RV dealership next yes. to it, and yep. he thought it was a mobile home park, and how there was a lot of evil emanating from it. Okay. And at one point, he took his glove off. He'd been wearing like leather gloves, and he took it off and he hucked it into the crowd. And I have been in part of so many, you know, like bands, and people would grab hold of. The, I have never seen a group clear as much as they cleared when that glove hit the ground with a plop. It was. Like, Sweaty and uh, Nobody wanted anything to do with it. Oh my god! The best part was though, after they hit, put on their amazing show, Queens of the Stone Age came out, and one of the songs they played was "Don't Say Motherfucker, Motherfucker." What? They covered their own openers. What? It was beautiful. That's insane. I, I, to this day, I have heard concerts that I think I, I liked more, and that the bands that I was in more. But I, I don't think I ever had as much fun. At a concert as I did that one. That was insane. Wow. Wow. And I'm glad I got to share it with Greg. I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always good to like, oh, am I just, am I crazy? Or are we, are we doing this? Right I, I remember too, when they first came out on stage, I was in the, I can't remember, Greg, were you toward the back with me? Or were you like, yeah. In the, okay. I assume so. Yeah. I was kind of in the back and one of our friends was up front. And the minute these guys come out, nobody's saying anything and he just turns and just wide-eyed looks at us <laughs> and it just it set up everything for the next you know 40 minutes so well they played long they went out they went a while <laughs> wow so good what about you ryan what a night uh worse i'll start with worse i've seen several several worse i've seen a lot of bad shit Working in this business for a long yeah, time, I've seen a lot of really in this weird business, shit. right? I think that's important for, yeah, for our uh, listeners to note. Here's here's number one. I'm going in order of when I saw these. So okay. I saw this one. Now, is this one you like or one you hate? Hate. This okay. is a hate list. Okay. Went to visit a friend in Pennsylvania, and she said, "I think it was the summer before college, or maybe freshman year. I forget." Let's go. We're going to go to the mall and we're going to see a free concert. Okay, cool. Whatever. Yeah. So we go to the free concert. It's the band Live. Remember them? Yeah. Lightning Crash, the, that whole thing. Oh, yeah. They're Remember terrible. Them? They're bad. Okay, so they're really bad. 
So they're playing a free show at the mall. It's bad. At one point, this guy, whatever his name was, which I think he got in trouble later and got arrested or something. The lead singer live? Yeah, something Ed happened Kowalczyk to him, right? is his name. Yeah, something happened. He was anyway, in Fight Club. He's there. He's not in the greatest of shape. He says, I know what you've been waiting for. Me to take my shirt off. <laughs> Takes it off, throws a sweaty shirt into the crowd. Nobody re- nobody reacts. It's no, in front of the show. orange Julius? How dare you? It's a free show with families. Like, nobody wants this. Ugh. Proceed to butcher their catalog. They're not happy with the audience not giving a fuck. And they just kind of storm out. <laughs> so that was pretty bad. You don't deserve lie. You don't deserve me with my shirt off, ladies. <laughs> Come on, we're going to Babbage's. Oh my god! Okay, I another live, one. Live headlined the first big day out, right? Yeah, I oh, think so. God, yeah, that's when I, I saw went to, them. I went to one of those. Said, well, this is enough of that. I went to. <laughs> I think it was Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, that was the second day? one. I skipped my senior trip to go to that concert. Yeah, I was at that one. Well, for Green Day. Yeah, I was at that one. That was fun. Even Here's a, here's a surprising one similar to the Boston's. Real Big Fish. One of the worst concerts I've ever seen. Really? Because the lead singer got either high or drunk and did not want to play. After two songs, he... Well, first he came out with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Full bottle. Drank it, smashed it on the stage, and left after two songs. And the rest of the band was dumbfounded. And the guitarist, Scott, was like, Sorry, I don't know what to, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Oh no. Felt bad for him. And everyone was like, why don't you just do it? <laughs> the crowd was like, why don't you just play Scott? And he's like, no, we can't. We gotta fix this. So it was a two-song set. That was it. Oh my god. The, I've seen Rubik Fish several times. That was the worst. And then I saw Skrillex in his hardcore band, whatever that was called. That was horrible. Oh, oh god. It was Skrillex oh, in his no. whatever his hardcore band was from first to last, I think is what it was called. <laughs> oh, that's it was right. I didn't know that really was really bad. Band. That was his band. Oh, I was going to man. see I was going to see Motion City soundtrack. Okay. Not the same as as a hardcore band. So it was really <laughs> fucking bad. Did not did not fit at all. Just real, real quick, there's I went to a Rob Zombie concert once, and his opening bands I forgot it was like Nile was opening for him, but his first opening band was his niece, who played Celtic folk music. Who was oh. this? Rob Zombie. Oh, and wow, it was very clear. And I guess it, I mean that's a cool thing to do to get some exposure or get yourself like comfortable in front of a crowd. And the problem was like this, you know, the people who went to see the show were not into that type of music, but. Because it was the Nisa Rob Zombie, every sound got like, like a very polite, polite golf, golf clap. Right, they were very polite, which I thought was very cool. Because this girl was like looking like she was about sixteen, so like it was kind of a nice little situation At where least they were like, mean to her. You do it, yeah. Go ahead, get your experience. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, my best, I have several bests. I've seen a lot of great stuff. Uh, ben folds. I've seen him like five times. Okay. He's never done a bad show. Okay. Every time I see him, he's. I, his... I have never seen him, but I'd like to see him. That'd be cool. Every time I've seen him, he's done something fun too. Like one time, it was paper airplane. He had everybody throw a paper airplane song requests onto the stage. Huh. That was Ooh. fun. Another time, it was like in a in a college gym, and he made up like songs about the the people that were at the college. That was fun. <laughs> uh, Char- do you know Charles Bradley? 
saw Charles Bradley, like a blues singer right before he died. He was really good. Um, but one of the most fun I ever went to was Coheed and Cambria. I don't know if you know those guys. Oh, interesting. Like I saw band. them once. And it was right when they were like the most popular. I saw them in Rochester in an old church. And then wow. they had like the, it was the album with like the guillotine and all that stuff on mm-hmm. it. And it was like the super like 14 minute guitar solos in every song. Like I saw them right then when that album came out. It was really fun. It was probably pretty baller in like the acoustics of a church. That, yeah, that it was, was awesome. It was really fun. I wow. saw Coheed and Cambria when they played Edge Fest in like hmm. 1998 at the Altamont Fairgrounds. Wow. <laughs> no one gave a fuck about them. Yeah. <laughs> and they played at like 2.30 in the afternoon in a wow. dusty parking lot. <laughs> wow. What about those all day concerts, you know? I, mean, I, I miss Tough. them. I, I miss the idea of them. Yeah. But like. I had tickets to a concert last week that I just didn't go to. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, on a weeknight? Fuck no. <laughs> a weeknight? <laughs> yeah. The concert started at eight. What? <laughs> what are you doing? I was driving to Albany at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> at any time, really. And like, what was I thinking when I bought those tickets? Yeah. It's like, oh man, I, I not a problem. Eight o'clock. I'm always awake at eight o'clock. <laughs> Goddamn ambient. <laughs> <laughs> Ambient Greg strikes again. He's <laughs> always fucking with me. Oh god. I have several others I could could name on either side. Rattle but... them off. I want to hear. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Me too. Tell me uh, no, it's no. good. We're good. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Give me one good. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh bad or good? Good. Um Corey Wong. You know who he is? Funk nope. funk guitarist. Nope. Saw him at Lark Hall in Albany. That was really fun. And he had uh, like a screen behind him where he was doing like different interactions with the screen. So he would be like, uh, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit playing guitar and open a pizza shop. And then there was like a whole pizza shop commercial that he had filmed. And then they all whipped off these jumpsuits and they had these basketball jerseys. It was like everything about it was it That's wasn't just fun. like a yeah, straight like up funk show. They it's were like, like a performance art thing. thing. That's cool. Yeah, like he did this thing with dial up. Like he tried to get like, oh, let me get my friend on satellite. And then AOL dial up came up and that was like part of the song. Like the beeps were part of the song. It was fun. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna throw one more quick story at you. Yes. Uh I saw the band Authority Zero once, which is actually a very good band. Okay. Uh, but this was they were touring for their first album, which the entire album was 42 minutes. And they were supposed <laughs> to play for an hour, so they played. <laughs> they ran out. They played literally every song on their album, and then they said, "We're out of songs. Anybody have any requests?" <laughs> That's great. So, like, they played some Metallica songs, and they oh, played some Sublime fun. songs, and it was like it was a lot of fun. But I've never seen a band just be like, <laughs> "We're out." That's all we got. That's all we got. So yeah. you, I, we'll, we're contracted for at least another fifteen. If you guys want to hear some stuff, just shout it out. <laughs> for, I just, I, real quick, I got one more story. My first concert was Ozfest in God, Ooh. I can't remember now, ninety six. Wow, what an experience that yeah. must have been. Um, and the the best, it was all day. You know, one of those all day concerts, which made me remember this. And uh, Tommy Lee's band, not you know, to, Tommy Lee not, was not yeah, right. Motley Crew. Yeah, not Motley Crew. His own whatever that was during that that brief time. He went on at noon and had a fucking laser light show. Yeah, at noon, which yeah. Obviously, no one's seeing that shit. <laughs> and he was getting clearly upset. Oh my that god! No one was reacting to his great laser show. I'm like, oh, sorry, 
Sorry you got bumped for Soulfly, buddy. <laughs> like, no one's going to care about your lasers. I forget which band it, back in my one of my day one of my jobs I forget which it was a band from England and we were we were doing 5 p.m. concerts in the light and having a discussion with them trying to convince them that they didn't need lights and smoke <laughs> machines during a daytime concert was painful it, it was painful when they like no it, we though. need that yeah, it's an, right. our show is an ambiance thing. Like, there's not going to be an ambiance. All you need now, no is one will see them, it. Show them that WrestleMania where the Undertaker comes <laughs> yeah. down in the middle of the fucking day <laughs> in the and light. Like, and Bray Wyatt, yeah, be with the this, experience. You're this is have. shit, right? Yeah. See that thing up there? That's the biggest light. That's called the sun. It's <laughs> that's the worst light. Shit. Oh god! All right, let's get into these episodes. Let's get into these episodes. Let's get into the episode. Dinosaurs all, See... all day. <laughs> we could we could do a whole episode on our own concerts. Dinosaurs season three episode seventeen. Swamp music. Robbie is introduced to the wailing funky blue sounds of swamp music. <laughs> This episode is <laughs> fucking jam packed with all kinds of shit. They, yes, they, they are. jammed it all in here. Mm -hmm. uh, I was watching this with my wife and she said, did I just learn something in this episode <laughs> of dinosaurs? Did they just teach me something mm -hmm. about reappropriation? They did. We said it before. Dinosaurs goes fucking hard, man. Yeah, they go fucking hard here. I really appreciated the uh, DTV. I always love yeah. the television shows on this show. Speed metal bubblegum. What oh, is right. speed metal bubblegum? Yeah, any of the the advertisements are so top notch all the time. Oh, I love the. Uh, they're like it's like an MTV thing, but they're like next up Sonic Boom with their song. Ah! <laughs> screaming <laughs> scream ah spike is in this episode i like spike yeah because yeah. you think this is music i have to introduce you to swamp music but we're gonna have to sneak out of the house then baby's like i'm gonna tell on you obviously because that's what i do and spike says and that you're not gonna be able to say anything if i rip your tongue out <laughs> earl sees this and tries to interfere and he's like all right the sneaking out part not not okay with that Ripping out the tongue? Eh, good, take it or leave it. I'll be okay with that. <laughs> this show is so, much like Perfect Strangers, is so different with its comedy. This really was, stood out amongst the TGIF shows at the time. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, Earl says, you're not going to any swamp music, and that's final. So Robbie says, okay, I know we can't go, but can we go bowling? And he's like, eh, sure. <laughs> and just falls for it. Earl's the best. <laughs> and then he goes... Born to be a dad. <laughs> he celebrates his win. Uh, so the boys sneak across the track. There's a whole crossing of the tracks bit. Yeah. <laughs> they actually have to cross railroad tracks. Uh, Robbie's like, okay, this is making me nervous. I want to leave. And then uh, he gets convinced to go in. And we see mammals singing the blues, baby. Mm-hmm. Which the songs are fucking awesome. 
I love the songs. Lava burned down my house. Mama got stuck in quicksand and my wife got carried off by insects. I got the blues. <laughs> my wife got sucked in by, by carried off by insects. Mama got sucked down by quicksand. <laughs> got those mammal blues. Robbie gets super into it. <laughs> like a noob. Yep. And embarrasses Spike and everyone else when he gets into it. When they then they uh, sing gangrene, I got the gangrene blues. I like that one. Uh, we meet Howlin' J, who's the legendary blues singer who's in charge of this mammal band. And Robbie's like, "You're so good. Why don't you make a record?" And that causes everyone to fight because the younger son wants to make money, and the dad doesn't care. Howlin' J doesn't care. He just wants to play gigs. And plays many, what is it? The record for the most unpaid gigs in history. Yeah, right. We already got 10 unpaid gigs in a row. The voice of his son, too. If you watch any Muppets ever in your life, you'll recognize this, the voice of the son. Obviously, this is all done by Jim Henson. Yeah. But um, it's like the voice of um, the rabbit character. I forgot the kid, the, the, the character's name, but it's the same. It literally is like the exact same voice, too. We didn't even really hide it. He had a, like, yeah. a little southern twang to it. It's about it. Howlin' J is Howlin' J uh Kevin Clash? Oh man. Uh Splinter. He sounded like Splinter. Yeah. Sound like Splinter. There is a voice coming up that I'm excited to talk about. Okay. Uh Robbie tries to convince the band that they should make a record, but uh they don't want to do it, even though the son is interested. Uh Spike <laughs> yells at yells at Robbie and says not everything is a call to action my man just enjoy the music <laughs> you don't need to save everybody's Such life a good response just sit there and enjoy it Mike warns Robbie no don't even get involved just just enjoy the music don't get involved but he does of course and he goes to meet with the CEO of Volcanic Records Mr. Warner yep which is hilarious Double. He comes out and he sexually assaults almost yeah, right. the secretary. He's like, bend over, pick up that pencil. Just like, let me slap that butt. He's just completely blatantly yeah. going after the secretary. Voiced by, by the way, Jim Polito from, if you ever seen The Crow, he's the, the pawn shop owner. Wow. Uh, and that one, yeah, he's been in a shit ton of stuff. That voice is very iconic. <laughs> Robbie says... I got a new great CD. You got to listen to her tape. Yeah. You got to listen to it. And he's like, kid, no, it's new. It's fresh. He goes, kid, no one wants new and fresh. They want the same thing over and over <laughs> and over again. Shove down their gullets. <laughs> Which is still true. To Very self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robbie says, I won't leave the couch until you listen. And then he's like, fine, I'll listen. So you go away. But it's a mammal record. So he's like, oh, oh I don't make mammal records. What are you talking about? Get out of here. Trish, the secretary, accidentally plays the tape, and then the CEO's like, it's good. It's good. You can, you can see he's into it. We're back at the club. Uh, Mr. Warner comes in and says, dig your sounds. He's trying to be, he's trying to be like, you know, part of the crew. I'm totally jazzed about what you got going on here. <laughs> Uh, Robbie gets the band to trust him says I, I it's gonna work out it's gonna work out and then they sing uh muddy waters ripoff song about mammals which is hilarious spelling mammals just like uh yeah I'm a man baby uh 
Then they sing a song about they're made for hot loving because they got a lot of fur. <laughs> That's another one that I love. Whoever made all these songs, kudos to you. Uh, Warner says, we, we got you. We're going to make these records. And they're like, well, when are we going to get paid? And he says, I got to go. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> he runs out. Runs out. <laughs> yeah, As someone who has to pay people, uh, yeah. I associate I with that. <laughs> yeah. I go, peace. Robbie invites the band over to his house. He doesn't understand why that would be a problem. And we see them at the house. And Earl is super weirded out because they eat mammals. Dinosaurs yep. eat mammals. They're like, this is weird. We normally eat you. We don't have you over for dinner. So I'm, I'm going to stop you right here. The drummer of the band. Okay. okay? Of their, there's three of them. There is the, the, the dad, the son, and then the drummer. The drummer is voiced by Julius Carey, otherwise known as motherfucking Shonuff from oh, Last Dragon. What? Oh. Wow. Yes, indeed. Shonuff. I look up after every episode, just a little peek behind the curtain, I look up everybody to see if there's anybody who is in this and did something else or something like that, and I have never been more blown away when I saw that Shonuff did the voice of the drum. He only had like four lines in this entire... Right, he doesn't say a lot. He doesn't say a lot, but he says a little bit more toward the end, but yeah, Shonuff, baby. Wow. That's great. Best actor ever. It's up there. Yep. Baby says, awfully quiet. And then he says, you don't look like us. Normally we don't have mammals over for dinner. That's what Earl says. And then Baby says, yeah, we have them for dinner because they're yummy. <laughs> we eat them. But then the dads, I love this. The dads, yeah, the two dads, good. Howland and Earl, bond over how stupid their sons are. <laughs> <laughs> Your son's an idiot. So is yeah. mine. We're best friends now. All parents hate their kids. Yeah, he would say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Robbie's watching TV and he sees Harry Llewellyn. A crooner dinosaur singing mm -hmm. the blues. Looks like Mr. Warner stole the songs and gave them to dinosaurs to sing, just like in real life. Yep. Uh, so Robbie goes to confront Mr. Warner about this and says, you sold us out. And he goes, okay, you got me. You, I sold you out, but it did it for money. <laughs> <laughs> but you're stealing music. That's not okay. The, uh, we meet the we go back and see the band and they've bought a TV. They have no money, but they're putting everything on credit. And then finally, they see their songs are being sung by this Perry guy, and they're like, "This fool's making money off us." And then the dad and son have a very deep conversation for dinosaurs about race. <laughs> yeah. Now. I never thought our songs would really, would really get sang by anyone. And it's kind of nice to hear our songs, you know, out there in the world. Then the band talks about how they're going to do stuff and they're going to, they're going to have merch. Robbie's like, I got you. We're going to market all this stuff. And like, slow down, calm down. And then that's when Earl comes in as jazz Earl, sunglasses and a hat. And he says, greetings, swinging hats. <laughs> Cause he loves the, these guys now. And then he says, oh, let's jam and pulls out his accordion and then jams with them for a solid like three minutes. And that's how the episode <laughs> ends. It's like a three minute jam session with them and Earl. <laughs> oh, this was fun. This was a fun one. 
Yeah. I, I mean, this is one I always remember. The, and and when we this was kind of like the reason I wanted to do this, I'll be honest, this series, this this week's this this theme is yeah. because I really always enjoyed that one. I like the it's not subtle. Obviously, everyone knows when you're watching this episode what it's you know alluding to. Uh, but I thought they did it in a fun, clever way. Uh, I love the dinner scene. I thought that was great. Uh, they even yeah. leave, right before that even happens, they give the guess who's coming to dinner line. Um, and I just I, I don't know. I just thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought the jokes were funny. I thought the message was good. I thought Earl, as always, amazing. So very good episode. Um, yeah. I thought this was all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to be wrong sometimes. Right? <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> no, I thought it was good. You know, um, it sucks. Perfect strangers. <laughs> I love this. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> um, I, I thought the scene where uh, the exec was sexually harassing his secretary. <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. I thought that was really funny. You know, he's like, he's like, hey, pick up that pencil for me. She's like, cool. Let me call my lawyer real quick. Ah, never <laughs> mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, pick she... it, I'll pick it up myself. Uh, and I thought the scene with Earl and the mammal dad mm-hmm. yeah. was hysterical. Yeah, I thought the rest of it was a little pedestrian. Oh, fair enough. Like funny. But not, not the best. Uh, very on the nose, which has a place, especially in 1997 when this came out. Like right. the idea, of, right? You know, uh, the idea of like Elvis Presley stealing rock and roll from black people. Like, right. In 97, it was a joke. In 2023, it's like no, seriously, we should really <laughs> think about what that means. No, right. seriously, that right. was a mistake. Right, right, right. Um, so now I, I think looking at it through like today's lenses, it's just like, it's like so obvious. It's like, why is this, why is there an episode about this happening? Mm-hmm. But like, I recognized in 90s, whenever this came out, this was actually probably very poignant. Yeah. Um, and I have to give it some credit for that. But in 2023, yeah. I was a smidge bored by this moral, um, but at the same time, there's still a lot of motherfuckers out there who need to see this episode. So maybe, maybe dinosaurs wasn't as effective at cultural change as we had all hoped. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, just a real good episode, just like a, like a like a B plus. But at the same a, time, it, I felt like I was I started the episode and I looked up and it was over. Yeah, it was breezy. It was fast. I mean, it was real quick. And like, yeah. I mean, not everybody got to do something. Like, we see some episodes of dinosaurs where it's just like everybody's doing something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and I also felt like there was a. I, I know this is silly, and I get it. And like, while those those song sections were good, like they were funny songs, they weren't uproarious. Like, mm. and a song in a TV show, especially when someone's just looking at the camera singing a song it like really kills momentum and yeah. like we'll get that in especially in the oh. step by step episode oh yeah um where like i thought the, the song karen sings is perfectly fine but it's like it goes on and on and on right it's like yeah. two minutes out of an episode where i want jokes and instead you're just playing a song and like right 
music on television, especially when it's played totally straight. And now I, I know it's totally straight. They're fucking little puppets with like, I get it. <laughs> like, There's a reason music videos aren't usually just the band standing there. Mm. Um, and that's like the vibe I got. Like when I was a kid, this might've been great, but as an adult, it's like, eh, yeah, we get it. Come on. Like this could have been happening in the background. You're right. That's right. me. Good episode. I'm not genuinely shitting on it. It was just, it was very, very quick. And I thought it was relatively actual joke-like premise. Okay. Funny jokes. Not there. Mm, okay. Interesting. Uh, moving on. Step by step, season five, episode six. Don't ask. Frank and Carol are overwhelmed by caring for everyone. Karen might get her big chance as a singer. Cody receives a surprise when he orders a Russian mail order catalog. Speaking of packed episodes, wow, everyone's doing something in this. Everyone, yeah. someone's even out of the basement. Someone's out of the basement. Deadly. He's got a storyline, yeah, this. and it's probably the shittiest storyline yes. we've ever seen in a step by step. It's get bad. Back in the fucking basement, <laughs> they, they let him out. Get for in there. Five minutes. What, what are you doing? Getting out? You're not even cute anymore. This is season five. Get out of here. Weird and fat and a terrible actor, and your storyline sucks. <laughs> Fuck off. You're not even funny. That's how Greg addresses people who walk into his store. You're weird and fat. Get out. <laughs> I have no customers now. <laughs> oh, all right. Cody comes barging in and asks about his delivery of a Russian ham radio. Why the fuck are you ordering a ham radio in 1990? I don't know. Because it's the fall of the Soviet Union, baby. The Soviet Union's fallen. These guys are selling everything. Delivery guy shows up and this is and he says, This is definitely the weirdest delivery I've ever made. Here's a bride. Here's a lady. Is, and that, this is lady, that an actual thing? We you hear jokes sucks. about it all the time, right? Like mail order brides. It must like, have been. Right. Because there all these jokes must have came from somewhere. Just it was definitely things. advertised. I've seen yeah. these things advertised even so, now. I see them. now, really? Yeah, I've seen you get yourself a Ukrainian bride what? several what? times on Facebook. I, maybe <laughs> I want to to get her out of there. Like, <laughs> oh god. Uh, Cody. It, the reason this happened is because Cody wrote misspelled the name or whatever, and she, this lady, whatever her name is, I forget now, says, "Come to me, honey bunch. Let me hold you in my bosoms." I don't know if this lady's funny or terrible or in the middle, a little of both. I'm I not sure. I think it's mostly bad. Yeah. I think it's mostly bad. I liked, though, when he got his head, when, when she was hugging him, he was really trying hard not to laugh. Like, you know, the actor behind us. Yeah. Cody was really hard, trying hard not to break up on that. 
Uh, Karen comes down and everyone's bugging the fuck out of the parents. Karen says, here's a list of people who I'm here for. If they call, here's a list of people who you should take a message. And here's a list of people. I'm dead. Don't let them call. (laughs) I have a similar list at work. How can we? (laughs) I just want to point out Karen. another single right down the line. Yeah. (laughs) I'm interested to see how Karen shakes out in this one for you. Um, Everyone needs the parents for different stupid things that they can't. They should be able to do themselves, like make sandwiches and whatever. So Frank's like, all right, shut it down. Family meeting. And Dana says, oh, another Brady Bunch moment. <laughs> Suicidal <laughs> dolphins. <laughs> Suicidal dolphins. <laughs> I forgot. About, we haven't done Boy Meets World in a while. Oh, yeah. I forgot Dana was in that. And then they go, we have to have a serious talk. And I love this. This comes up several times in the show, but it comes up again here. Dana says, you're not having another kid, are you? <laughs> what did Frank say? He's like, I don't like the ones we have now. Or something. No, was something in fact, ones. we'd rather get rid of a few <laughs> right now. I thought this was a little forced. Like, just because your kids are asking you for stuff. I mean, yeah. they always do. That's right. part well, of having a family. I think the point wasn't so much you're asking too much. It was you're choosing to do nothing for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's the he's nineteen, you know. Yeah, that like, joke got me. By the way, yeah, super there. funny. Yeah, um, no, I, 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 this works for me. As a man uh, who probably has several children, <laughs> this is how I <laughs> tend to parent when they track me down one day. Probably. <laughs> Here's how I would have handled that if I was around. <laughs> Which I'm glad I wasn't. You're like baby Billy and righteous gemstones. You just yeah. give them a bag of go out for a bag of funyuns and never come back. <laughs> Several times. You going out for a bag of funyuns again, <laughs> baby Billy? Oh, I love that show. <laughs> uh Mark gets Mark complains. He gets busted because his IQ is so high. How come he can't make a sandwich? And Frank goes to JT and he goes, JT, how old are you? And he goes, uh, I don't know. He doesn't know his own age. Right. JT, once again, the actor who plays him, this the way he does this is so good. There's like a momentary pause where you get, like the gears are turning. He's like, 19? Yes, this is my age. And Frank's like, know. yes, you're 19, JT. Holy shit. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, I associate with JT in that situation, yeah, by the way. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, when you're I older, genuinely sure. cannot come up with how old I am most of yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, I have to stop and think. Like I have a to do math. Time. I'm like, yeah. what? I'm like, what WrestleMania are we up to? Because that's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was the oldest WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that helps me. That's fun. Yeah, that's good. That's a little a nice little uh, trick there. JT has trouble finding his own socks. <laughs> Don't bug us unless. Several things are happening. You're bleeding. You want to ride to the bus to get out of the family. <laughs> that was great. Uh, we see Karen. Karen is a country music star. We've seen this before. Yep, we've seen it. Yep, we've seen it. This is sort of the beginning, I think, of this. Right, she's because pr- the other episode we saw the girls and guitars. Already... That's right. It's like a couple years past this point, I think. Right. So she's practicing her songs. It's going to be a country hit. Um, and then they play it for like four minutes. Yeah, it goes on. Like you said. Sure, it goes, uh, yeah, it's so good. Uh, I really, I was really hoping that they would play it a second time later. And they did. <laughs> and then it, the it, third time also. It's like eight minutes of this episode right. are dedicated to this song. And the first time they're in their garage where Dana's doing laundry in the background. Yeah. Like, bitch, shut up. We're playing. 
Also, is it the garage or is it the side beautician space? Yeah. Is that gone? I'm not really sure what's going on with this house. A nebulous space. It's like the yeah, what backyard. <laughs> they have like a 12 square foot backyard. Yeah, right. And yet they have all this space. But anyway, Dana walks in and says, I didn't know I walked in on the set of Hee Haw. Isn't that the second Hee Haw joke the show has done? Dana. Or third? Several Hee Haw jokes. She says she doesn't get country music, which I thought was weird because later she's part of the band. Right. But okay. Um, there's a big red record producer in town and I'm going to meet with him and get a record deal. Just that mm. easy. Just that easy guys. Dana doubts that Karen can make it. She's like, of course going to make it. that song's baller. It's in the show three times. <laughs> Don't you watch your own show? Uh, Cody calls Russia and just dialed the operator and said, get me Russia right to Putin. And then he says, yo, dudesy, I ordered a ham radio. You sent me a woman instead. I like that line. Uh, she comes in. She was shopping at the mall and says, it's weird. Your your credit card has a $2,000 limit. What's that about? <laughs> she spent all the money. Then he's trying to tell her, like, we need to break up. This is not what I wanted. And she's she misinterprets it and thinks that he wants to have sex with her. <laughs> and he's like no 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 i actually don't like can you go away and she's like no i'm prepping for the honeymoon uh and he's like i don't actually want to marry you and she's like well i don't want to go back and i'm going to your van to try on this launcher for our honeymoon i mean who hasn't god. been in that situation <laughs> oh my god here we go out of the basement out of the mothball yes Brendan. wow Brendan comes in. He hasn't had a scene in this show for a long time. <laughs> Since that Western one where he butchered the only line that he had. He had one line at the end and he messed it up. Anyway, he comes in and he needs a permission slip signed by Frank to go to a Packers game. Packers! Woo! And Frank is fixing the sink and then comes out and is like, fix the problem yourself. And Brendan sadly walks away like a sad Charlie Brown. And when he could have just said, it's a fucking permission slip. Right. Jesus. Sign this You're shit. the only one who can do this. It takes or fake or, the signature or, or come back 20 yeah. minutes later. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Dad, dad are you done, done working now? I, I have this thing I need you to sign. Yeah. Like a fucking normal person. Right. No pre internet. Hey, right. When you're Go done, talk. I got a, I got a permission slip. When you're done, just when you're done, I'm putting it right here. I'll put <laughs> it on the counter. Yeah. Right. We talk about this all the time in the show problems understanding situational comedy you know we're gonna have these yeah, things yeah, yeah. but this isn't just a stupid problem <laughs> it's easily solved we see karen practice her cma award acceptance speech. she hasn't even she has one song yet she's winning this award in her head and the sisters come in and they go how'd the meeting go and she's like it was great pay the producer 500 bucks give her give him all my life savings and he's gonna give me a call we're going to meet later. And they're like, you got scammed by this guy. So she's like, no, you just don't, you just doubt my ability. I'm going to call his room. And she finds out that he left and scammed her. Oh shit. She's out 500 bucks. Then we get a nice scene of Frank vacuuming <laughs> under the couch. He finds underwear. Yeah. Some weird other shit. 
soccer team knocks i hated this whole thing soccer team knocks at the door they come to get brendan out in a weird body bag (laughs) they try to drag him out in a body bag (laughs) and he's like oh sorry dad i didn't want to bug you about my trip and he's like that's not bugging me what are you talking about i'm talking about you can't make a sandwich for yourselves so he goes on the trip everything's fine Cody and JT brainstorm on how to get rid of this fucking Russian bride. Uh, but it's all solved because she just comes in and says she's found a new guy whose combination Dolph Lugren, Bob Saget. <laughs> the man of her dreams. This episode just whimpers out. <laughs> You're off the hook, big guy, she says. Um, She kisses him on the lips goodbye, though. <laughs> Uh, Karen's upstairs. She's depressed. She says she's eating. Everyone says, "What are you doing?" She says, "I'm too young to get drunk, so I'm gonna get fat." I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. That got a chuckle <laughs> out of me. Once again, Karen just up in the batting average. She's killing it. Uh, Dana's like, "I I did something for you. I listened to the radio. The radio station's playing her song. She took the tape over there and forced them to play it." And then they dance it out, and everything's great. At yeah. the airhead style. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she. You think Dana teamed up with DJ the Vet and just took that fucking no, place No, because over? they'd all be dead. <laughs> DJ yeah. would see Red. We don't know they're not. Yeah, that's true. They don't know. play and ran out. Oh, so you're saying he? she forced him to say that on the air and then shot him immediately right. afterwards. Could have been. Right. Right. And then Could took his been. ears. Uh, airheads. I love airheads. Airheads is great. It's so dumb, but I love yeah. it. Absolutely. It's a great movie. Joe Montana right. is fantastic in Airheads. Yes. So many great people in that. Yeah. Um, all right. What do you think of this one? This was um this was tough. Too many people yeah. doing too many things, which usually we don't say about step by step, but in my opinion, too many things going on. Way too many I, things going on, not a lot of meat on the bone. We talk about how like eight, you know, there's A stories, B stories, and occasionally C stories. Obviously, this had three stories going on and I wasn't interested in any of them. Right. And I, I want to point this out. I thought, I mean, the, one of the things I was excited about talking about was Karen. Cause we sure. all agree that every time we see her on step-by-step, she always has some great lines. She's funny stuff that I definitely didn't remember when the show was first on. I think she in this episode is fine. I think she has some good jokes. Yeah. We talked about it. Yeah. I think she, obviously she can sing if that's her singing. I think it is. Yeah, um, I think it is. Yeah. And I like, I like the character development and I thought the ending was kind of sweet with like, you know, getting it played on the radio. Like, yeah. I thought that was the cool thing between sisters. I thought that was nice, but the, the Russian mailord thing, I don't oh. think I laughed once. It was no. all stupid as hell. Um, who gives a shit about Brendan just in general in life? Bad. Nobody cool. Yeah. That so it just kind of fell flat. I felt like she did a good job in this. Karen did, but I just, and I think it did help a character development a little, but not, not to carry the whole episode. Yeah, I think you're right. Perfect Strangers, Season 4, Episode 16, The King and I, a hypnotist demonstration, leaves Larry unperturbed, but it causes Balky to act, dress, and sing like Elvis Presley on the day of his big tax audit. Excuse me, mister. Where have you been? Well, uh, I've been to Memphis. Nashville. I guess I've been more places you can shake a stick at. What are you talking about? What happened to your accent? Well, uh, I've been taking acid lessons. 
Who is auditing a mailroom attendant? Mm-hmm. What do you have to gain by doing that? Especially in the late 80s. Like, what do you have to gain? Is I he mean, smuggling cocaine on. into the city <laughs> yeah, of Chicago? Right. What's going on here? Uh, I needed more of this, I think. The boys are having a party at the apartment, a uh, 50s party. I love this. When this the two of great. them walk out and don't say a word yes. to each other. I was already in. I was. I love that. So in when they looked at their haircuts. Yeah, I thought Larry looked pretty handsome. Yeah, yeah. That hair they, worked for him. They both were just kind of admiring their own work. Which yeah, yeah, right. Jennifer and Marianne come in. Marianne is dressed up as a fifty-year-old or a ninety-year-old. I'm not really yeah. sure. She's confused about the theme of the party. And I love this joke by Jennifer. Oh, so good. I spent 20 minutes trying to explain it to her, and I just gave up. <laughs> when Jennifer is exhausted with another person, I think great. she's at her best. She was great in that one moment. Uh, Lydia comes in with her new boyfriend, who is a hypnotherapist. I want more Lydia. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of Lydia in the right. episodes we've done. She's she's weird. Um, I like her. I think she's funny. Balky says... Great. I have problems with my hip. Can you take a look? Like, no, a guy who hypnotizes people. He's a guy who puts people to sleep and turns them into barnyard animals. That's what Larry says to Balky. Lydia says, come on, Lamont. Hypnotize me. I'm easy. And everyone laughs. I laughed. Uh, she, she becomes Charo when she hears a bell. She gets hypnotized, becomes Charo. Says coochie coochie, and she's great. She's a good, she's a good yeah, charo. It's an excellent charo. Nice charo. Much better than my charo. Love that. And then he brings her out of it and she doesn't remember anything. So then Balky says, Oh, good. Do that to Larry. Which I like. Larry's like, <laughs> You can't do that to me. My will is too strong. <laughs> this was good too. <laughs> so Balky picks him up and carries him to the couch. So much for your will. Uh, Balky gets hypnotized instead of Larry and says it's the hypnotizing thing is you're going to turn into Elvis when you hear a bell. Of course, Larry pretends to turn into Marlon Brando. It's kind of a funny little thing. Yeah. Says I tricked you. My will is strong, but Balky was watching. So he turns into Elvis and just, just the physical comedy alone of the hip shake. Like the silence part of the Elvis Presley impression is insane. Insanely funny. Just how he just stands. He can't sit still or anything. He's mm-hmm. always bouncing. Uh, the phone rings and Belky answers it. And he goes, oh, Graceland? His Elvis was good too. Like just the, the yes. speaking part of Elvis. Yes. Was very good. He yells Talented. out, uh, Red, pick up on line three. What I liked about it too is it wasn't like everybody could do it like an exaggerated Elvis, like what you always imagine yeah. people making fun. But it wasn't. Right. It was kind of like his speaking voice. So I thought that right. was kind of Yep. It's good. It's a good impression. It's yeah. not overpowering. I thought, I thought Marklin Baker's Marlon Brando was pretty good. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Balky is still Elvis Presley. He walks into the paper as Elvis Presley because he found Balky's wallet in his pocket, tries to figure out where that guy is so he can give him his wallet back. Which is funny. Oh, Elvis. Nice guy. This guy works here. This fucking scene killed me. <laughs> when he dances in front of Gorpley. <laughs> Gorpley comes yeah. out. 
and just silently watches Balky rehearse. It's so fucking funny. And then Balky it's hard to, give, to like, even describe. No, Balky tried to give. He thinks it's a rehearsal for some concert, and him <laughs> trying to give Gorpley like pointers <laughs> on how to get more loose. Very funny. You're real step brother. Yeah. Oh my god, this is great. If you don't start acting like yourself in five seconds, you're fired. One, two, three, four. Phone rings. He's back. Larry comes back from wherever he was, and he says, "We got to get to your tax audit." And then. uh the phone rings again and he turns into Elvis again, talks about buying Cadillacs. And Larry's like, Who are you? <laughs> when they're in the audit office, and he's like, Oh my God. He says, yeah. Oh my Lord. It's his catchphrase, right? Yeah. Oh my Lord. I figured it out. You got turned into Elvis, not me. So he tries to snap him out of it, which is funny. When he just keeps snapping in his face. Yeah. And then, uh, He's trying to figure out how to get him out of it. So he needs a bell. So he can't find a bell. So he figures out, oh, it's the phone. So then he calls, he calls the phone and it rings once. And then he does like a swanton dive yeah. onto the desk to catch it and answer it before it rings the second time. So good. <laughs> it's hilarious. Balky turns back into the normal guy. And then the auditor like yells to his secretary to like patch a call through or something. And Larry gets up and rips the phone cord out of the wall. This needs more attention. This cracked (laughs) me up more than I've seen. We've obviously watched a lot of, you know, perfect strangers. We all love it. Cause he gives, he first, Larry's first talking about how the glare in the room is bothering him. And it's like, it's like, Oh, I can't really see it from here. So he gets up. And you just assume he's gonna like find a way to get over to the window, and he just yanks the phone cord out of the wall. <laughs> Not trying to hide it at all. Just he could have just unplugged the cord from the back of the phone, but no, he's gonna rip the whole thing out of the wall. It's like he set up a diversion and then just abandoned it. And it was so <laughs> oh fun. god. And then he says, Oh goodness me. Did that happen? <laughs> yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> And then this guy, the auditor, yells at them. All right, we need to get serious. Stay seated. And then when they both sit at the exact same time across their legs at the exact yep. same time. I love that shit. Uh, the clock rings now, and he keeps turning back and forth. And the auditor says, uh, I need to talk to him. Like, Larry keeps trying to answer the questions to deflect it. It's like, no, I need to talk to this guy who's, like, dancing in his seat as yeah. Elvis. And he says, oh, don't worry. The colonel handles all my money. (laughs) I love these very deep, like, historical facts about Elvis that come into this. It's not just your standard Elvis stuff. So he gets up and sings on the desk. (laughs) They have to get the doctor back to fix this. And Larry says, all right, I'll get him out of his room. He's been in his room this whole time. There's only one way. We can get him out. And I thought this was fucking awesome as well. Where he goes, announcer voice, the Las Vegas Hilton welcomes Elvis Presley. And he comes out in full Elvis costume now. So funny. Uh, Larry's fucking hilarious. subtle acting during that. Yeah. Yes. It was so funny to me. The the looks he gave Lydia and the doctor. Yeah. yeah right. It's like, 
I know. Right. I know this is weird. He, like he's but... he's he's embarrassed that it's weird, but he's also proud of how he can do it. Yeah, how good he is. How yeah, good right. he is at the announcement. <laughs> also into it. Which also is very on brand for Larry. Yes. Like there's there's always some sort of egotism to him. Oh well, I guess I got to do this awesome yeah. announcement. <laughs> uh, so they finally break him out of the hypnosis, and Balky says, "Why am I wearing a jumpsuit?" And then they leave, and then Balky and Larry try to figure out if it's actually stuck. And so Larry l- rings the bell, and Balky tricks him by singing some Elvis songs. And it's like, oh, tricked you. And that's how it ends. This one was fucking hysterical. Balky. Really, that oh my God. <laughs> joke just. I have to re- I think I rewanted it three times to watch it again. Oh because my I just God. could not stop laughing at it. So. Good. Look at the blinds. I like the, the the show just sets you up in one direction and takes you in another. And I just I adore that about this show. So well done. So well done. What a stupid concept, too. Like this guy gets hypnotized and turns into Elvis. Yep. We're gonna make that into gold. Honestly, the whole episode could have been a 50s party. They could have been like setting up, and that would have been just yeah. as funny. So Right. Like, Several ways they could have gone, but the ta- yeah. the tax audit, which I thought was weird yeah. at first, like, why are they doing this? That worked. It worked yeah. for me. Definitely. Well, I, I think it's so funny to like look back and see like cultural zeitgeist jokes, mm-hmm. you know, like or not even jokes, just like topics like hypnotism was yeah. it was like a it was. Yeah, always it was a, a sitcom joke. Yep. Just like yeah. amnesia was always in like the Sunday made for TV movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I guarantee we could have done five or four episodes of hypnotized TJ yeah, characters, yes, right? Probably. That could have been. I mean, we still can. Like, yeah, there still has can. to be one of these in every yeah. episode. Right. There's no fucking way Joey doesn't get hypnotized. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and think he's his puppet or something. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yes, that has to happen. That's actually wow. a pretty good one. But, wow. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think this is. I mean, even I don't actually think this is a particularly strong episode of Perfect Strangers, and it's still fucking good. Yep, still real good because yeah. they're good. Mm-hmm. This is a relatively. Oh, dumb they premise. make this is the dumbest premise ever. Right, like great. watching. I just want to see them interact with each other. Yeah, and then as a unit interact with real people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was saying about the fifties party. Like I could have just watched right. them hang out at a fifties party for twenty-two minutes, yeah. and I would have been okay with that. But when 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 Balky was dealing with Gorpley, that was also banger because Holy I was saying shit. it's just him and his wackiest around a straight man and just yeah. like that guy just just reacting to his zaniness and that was that's funny that's so always good. funny yep. so good they do such a good job of the straight man and the wacky guy yep. reversing really reversing who it is all yep. the time like averting expectations always about that that's great okay this is what y'all came for. This is the main event, baby. It's Full House, season six, episode three, I The Road to Tokyo. I was like, they came, they come from the top four? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we have Full House to talk about. We're not done yet. When Jesse's record was a huge success in Japan, his record company sends him there to promote it. But the adulation he receives causes him to become extremely self centered. Do you see that he knows 
So when I told my wife that we were doing a musical or a band episode, she said, you're doing the one where he goes to Japan, right? <laughs> like, once again, yes. she only remembers four or five full houses. Yes. But when I tell her the theme, she gets it. She remembers exactly which one it is. Big in Japan. Big in Japan. So I've been waiting for this the entire run of this show. I've been waiting to pull this string for a long time. And the background on it is before the show even started, Watching Full House, I think it was put on Netflix around the time that the reboot was coming out or something like that. I remember watching it. I can't remember what the circumstances were about why I was watching it, but it was, we were watching it. And we got to this episode at some point and I watched it. And that's kind of when I realized I was like, kind of, it was like, hey, we're watching it during dinner. Eh, whatever. It's Full House. Who cares? Everyone loves Full House. And we're watching this episode and distinctly thinking, holy shit. This show fucking sucks. Someone should do a podcast. This show sucks. So this is the birth of our show. This show sucks. Not, not. I don't know if it was the birth of the show, but I remember thinking like, this was one of the worst episodes of television I think I've ever seen. And this might be better than some of the Full House we've seen since. You know, during this during the run of the show, but this one is fucking bad. It's particularly bad. I remember shocking, like it was the first time I remember thinking, like, oh yeah, Full House isn't good. Mm-hmm. Why do people think this is good? <laughs> that was the first time I was like, oh yeah, this isn't a good show. So I've been excited to put this one out there. I don't know if it's the worst one we've seen though. It's it's way worse. up there, but it's bad. It is, yeah, this is just another one where I hate everybody in it. <laughs> No one's likable. I mean, there's no. literally a plot line where Joey is just being annoying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like, what? I think, Why is he doing that? I think I, the character I liked best in this is Steve, and he has two lines. And that's why I like it the best. I mean, also, he's know, Aladdin. So. Writers went on strike today. So, right. right. That's right. 2023. Topical. They went on strike in 2007, and that's when we got the abridged shit season of Lost, as we all remember. <laughs> right, right. I have to assume that the writers also went in strike <laughs> this week when they yep. filmed this episode of Full House. Wow. Right. And Joey was like, nope, don't worry, got guys. <laughs> I got it covered. We don't need no writers. I've gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna wing it. Bob, Bob, listen to me. Just walk around. Don't worry. I'll make it, I'll make comedy around you. How much? How much time we need to fill? Ten minutes. Got you. No Easy. It's Joey Gladstone time, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh God! Do you remember the last writer strike? Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I distinctly remember it because it killed Heroes and Lost, my right. two favorite shows at the time. Mm. Um, I, I remember it as a fond time of watching Conan O'Brien because he really like made it weird and fun and that was so fun that 2007 run of conan where he was yeah. just like pulling like the, the chuck norris lever and all that that yeah. was from the writer's strike wasn't it yeah yeah he grew a beard he had the <laughs> he had the uh 
what was the button that he had? It played the uh, Beverly Hills Cop yeah, button. Right. <laughs> like, he had this ridiculous is, show. As, as Greg mentioned, he is extremely talented writer. Some of the best yeah, Simpsons right. episodes were Conan O'Brien episodes. Right. But that just that, like, nonsensical, there's no writers, we're just fucking around yeah. era of Conan was so fun. All right. Let's get into this full house. Michelle is giving all her crappy toys to the two fucking babies in boxes. I like so, when we start an episode and I can already like in my head imagine Greg screaming. How long did it take <laughs> for you to lose your mind? It wasn't long. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> when did I text you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a play by play. Ryan and I got a play by play during this entire fun. episode was, of Greg slowly so getting angrier and angrier. Upset. I'm upset. Michelle well, gives her... actually been a minute. <laughs> One minute in. I'm done. Oh. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was about a minute. Yeah. Okay. Like when this scene. Yeah. This whole scene where it's like, babies love stupid stuff, and then he gives, you give Michelle stupid stuff, and then that's comedy. And just walking back what and forth, you just... scream. Right. She gives her broken toys to the babies. Stephanie gives her broken toys to Michelle, who then gives the broken <sighs> toys to the babies. Including a broken watch, which is the big kicker at the end there. Ha, ha, ha. The kicker of a joke at the end. Uh, Joey comes in after grocery shopping. At least he does something. At least he does something for the family. He bought Brussels sprouts. And Danny's like, his own money. what the hell is wrong with you? Why did you buy Brussels sprouts? And he says, I felt bad for them. And then they argue about Brussels sprouts for a while. <laughs> And then Danny says, why are you starting an argument just to annoy me? And then he does it more. And then he annoys Danny. And then they walk away. It's good to annoy the guy whose house you're living in and you don't have to pay any mortgage to or rent or anything. And who maybe paid for these groceries for you. Right. He probably paid for those groceries. Steve comes in and steals all the food, which is one of his bits. DJ says she's writing for the paper. Jesus Christ. (laughs) She's writing for the paper. <laughs> DJ's musings of Nam. Oh, God. I couldn't wait to read those articles. Gibbler is running for class president. And, oh, she's using a, an umbrella to hypnotize people into voting for God her. damn. What the hell? We had two of four right it. here. We already did it. Oh, my God. Joey pretends or does get really hypnotized. I'm not sure because he's real dumb. So he walks out saying, vote for Gibbler. Uh, this is like the fourth time this happened. Michelle answering the phone for an oh adult God. is like a bit they just keep going back and back and back to. <sighs> right. Answers I the mean, phone. On, like, I, I, maybe, you, maybe you don't get it. Yeah. You see, kids are bad at stuff. So like when you watch them be bad at stuff, that's comedy. Listen, Mila, I got a great idea. Phone, Michelle answers the phone again. I got a great one. We did that All like right, five Gladstone, times. What do you got for the kids? <laughs> yeah. oh, have God. we have we done a Michelle phone thing? Yeah, I think we remember if we did. All right, put it in. Just be safe. Do we have time? I mean, we're gonna zoom in on her face for a solid, right, seventy eight much... hours. Well, we got five minutes dedicated to the babies in boxes, so we can get this in. Yeah, you can't cut that. Yeah, that's what the people are here for. Michelle answers the phone. And says, your song's number one. And she runs away. 
And then Jesse said, answered the phone and says, oh, wow, my song is number one in Japan. And guess what? The entire family gets to go to Tokyo on a trip so I can promote it. Who is, should be mad about this? Nobody. My career mm-hmm. is finally taken off. But no, Michelle is upset no. at <laughs> Uncle Jesse's Hunter success. <laughs> Just kick her. <laughs> There's a there's a flight of stairs right next to this conversation. Just end it. Just just sparta her down the stairs. Ah! What? Like after the what? show with so many fucking three parents, years after the how show. Every one of these kids so insufferable. <laughs> Teach them a fucking lesson. Three years oh, into the Uncle show, Jesse, we're now causing physically physical harm to children. Yeah, but we wanted to very <laughs> two two episodes in, and we wanted to do like this. How are at that, that point now? They're all just insufferable twats. Yeah. Every one of them on this show is horrible. They all like oh. they are literally misbehaving children. Mm-hmm. Like they are whiny, and they always get what they want. Right. Yes. It is oh, like man. literally the worst parenting you can do. Yes, is they always end up winning. All the kids real always world win. yes. bad parenting. Yes. Oh. <sighs> ah. <laughs> you would never. <laughs> you would never deal with your five, six, seven kids like that, Greg. Wherever they may be, <laughs> to be listening to this. I'm going out for Funyuns real quick. I'm going to kick you down the stairs. So. <laughs> and then every adult is always like, no. I must give up my dream for these horrible fucking children <laughs> who aren't even his kids. No, They're I can't even... be on. Uh, I can't go on comedy tours because I Michelle's going to be real fucking sad. Who's going to make her peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? <laughs> oh, we've done it. I think we finally broke. <laughs> we've finally <Greg>. done it. <laughs> we finally did it. We broke him. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> We didn't even get to Japan yet. That's the funniest uh, thing. We didn't even get there yet. The whole family gets to go. We go to Tokyo, and the fans are so fired up. I can't wait to break down the door to his dressing room and see Uncle Jesse. Because Japan uh, is weird. Yeah. That Japan, is the moral of this episode. Yeah, they're weird. Uh, Nancy comes in and says, I hope the, the cashew situation was resolved. Because Jesse ate a cashew and said, oh, salty. I like the un- the unsalted version. And that became a problem, which went to his head so much that he suddenly became, I don't know, who's the most annoying rock star of all time. Because of Peanuts, he instantly becomes an <laughs> asshole. Because of Peanuts, he turned yeah. into Axl Rose in 1980. Yeah, right, right. Oh, God. He's now blowing off the sightseeing that they're supposed to. They're here. He's here to work, my guys. Yeah, right. What are you doing? This is a nationwide tour. It's a big thing. He's going to blow off sightseeing for a photo shoot. How long does a photo shoot fucking take? Jesus Christ. Uh, Hoji, this guy, this fucking guy, his buddy comes in and with unsalted peanuts. And he says, actually, I like Honey Roasted the best. Koji looks like he wants to kill him. And it turns out it looks like Jesse's going to blow off his family for the entire trip. And Becky says, you're going to, you're going to blow us off for the entire vacation. This is work. Right. Motherfucker. You're lucky to be here. I got gigs to play. Right. 
I mean, like, I travel a lot for work, and I always tell Kat, I'm like, look, you can come with me if you want, but you have to understand that, like, you're going to have to fend for yourself most of the right. time. Right. Like, right. maybe I'll come back for, you know, we can have dinner and stuff, but, like, I'm going to be gone all day, you know? Yeah. So if you want, you're welcome to come with me. The hotel room's there. The trip's paid for, but you have to fend for yourself. Right. Right. That's the agreement. And most people are normal enough to be like, uh, you know what? No, you just go. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Like, it's not like anything we can do together. So I'll, I'll just hang out next. I'll hang at home and maybe next time we'll plan something. Right. Becky goes over there thinking that they're just going to look at whales and they're going to go check out the mountains and, you know, learn about culture. Like, no, he's working. Right. And, oh, we'll get to it. Keep going. <laughs> to the Tie baby- that back around. The babies in boxes are real sad. Daddy, They're babies in kimonos go. this time. Yeah. <laughs> Which I <laughs> think is culturally insensitive. Is that racist? Yeah. I don't it know. If it's I'm... not, if it's not, we're gonna get there in a minute. We're gonna get yeah. there. DJ, back at home, DJ can't write what she really wants to write as a journalist about Kimmy's campaign and how much it sucks. DJ has seen some shit. Oh, you gotta, God. you gotta, you gotta, it's like dispatches the book. You gotta like limit to how, how violent you get with what you're talking about. Mm. So, Why doesn't Uncle Jesse call us? Michelle asks a lot of questions. And this might be the only time Stephanie and I kind of related a little bit. This is maybe the only time we kind of, she says, go dig a hole to the center of the earth, kid. Go out back and dig a hole for you. Then lay in it. Go dig a hole and lay in it. Maybe you'll come out the other side in Japan, you piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Michelle's like, oh, thanks for the advice. She's obviously going to go out and dig a hole in Japan in the backyard. Oh, God. We get Jesse big in Japan and the Rippers. It's always a Beach Boys song. <laughs> always. It's always Beach Boys. He is wearing no shirt, mm-hmm. but a vest. That's what a look. rock stars want to do. The Edmund Walchick. Like, yeah. Hell the, of a look. The lead singer from Turbo Negro looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesse didn't have gloves. Right. And Jesse also was in 60 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, well, he tries to sing the Beach Boys song in Japanese, and the Koji drops the cue cards, so he can't do it. It's so he bad. becomes racist. <laughs> instead, he turns to <laughs> instead of singing the actual lyrics, he turns into a racist. <laughs> There's a little this... bit of stress and goes to instant racist. Instant racism. How did this? Be, how did this fly? Uh, did I hear you're a racist now, Jesse. And then I kick him out of the country immediately. Yeah. He says lots of racist things. He just starts saying things like Godzilla. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but he brings it all back home. He, he gets the crowd back when he plays forever. Ugh. Again. <laughs> he plays forever. Uh, this the, is now the 18th fourth, time we've seen forever. Fourth time we've heard this song, right? Several times. Yes. I think your text was this fucking song again. It's not even done. There's so many more (laughs) forevers to go. We haven't even scratched the surface. Oh my god. Do they do do they do like on the final episode uh, a six feet under style montage over forever? Wait. When we watched the remake, I think they played forever at the end of that. I'm almost positive they did. They had to have. Yeah. You gotta play the hits, man. Play the hit. 
Did you notice the configuration of the uh, rippers in the back? What is it, a pentagram? (laughs) The rippers were like kind of weird looking band dudes in other episodes, like kind of silly looking guys. These guys are like full on 80s rockers. They're on amps. There's all kinds of set pieces going on in the back. It looks ridiculous. Uh, For some reason, we got to check in with DJ. Her article came out. It was very critical of Gibbler, but it was so critical she won anyway. So it's not even a fucking problem because she won the president class president thing and nobody's mad at each other. Yep. It's not even a thing. It's not even a plot point. It's not a lesson. Nothing. It's it just, just fades away. That worked. Yep. Okay. The and record the problem company... was solved <laughs> without <laughs> another Gladstone classic. Oh my God. The record company wants Jesse to tour in Japan for a whole year because he's big in Japan, man. He loves being famous and he can't wait to tour. And he signs up for it. Just sure, no problem. The press is waiting. They come in and he Becky tries to argue with him. And he's like, the press is waiting. And then she's, she knows Japanese and yells at everybody in fluent Japanese to get out. And he's like... Wait, when did you learn Japanese? And she's like, it's been a long 13 days, Jesse. She spent that time learning Japanese. That's a a smidge funny, I guess. Uh, Okay. Uh, Good. A smidge. (laughs) Okay. Not even like a... It's like a a one sex on the Richter scale. It's like a... The Gladstone scale, if you will. It's more like an exhale of air. It's like... Oh, God. Huh. Yeah. Becky chastises Jesse for having a career. A shitty guy who has a career says, You promised to write Michelle every day you were here. What kind of promise is that? I kicked her down the who, stairs. Isn't that enough? Who even wants to receive that many letters? It's how I express my love. And then she's like, <laughs> He didn't write any letters. You missed 13 letters <laughs> to the Gladstone basement with you. 13 letters to the puppet room. Yeah. Be gone. <laughs> but it scares me, Daddy. No, be gone. No. Make, make friends with them. <laughs> Brendan? Brendan, yeah. You're not supposed to be on this show. It's a portal. <laughs> it links all basements across DJ. I'm just together. down here in a basement yeah. portal. Yeah. DJ a went basement. down there and got radicalized. That's right. <laughs> a basement multiverse. <laughs> All the TGI shows. Billy's connect. down there. <laughs> Billy, Remember? who are you? I'm gonna teach you how to smoke. Uh, <laughs> Come here, DJ. Come here, DJ. It's best after you kill someone. Have twelve cigarettes. You're trying to clean your gun. And smoke this. The talking babies the hang out with the babies in boxes. <laughs> basement nexus of dj baby talk babies oh god uh the fuck is this shit (laughs) uh all right you never called home either two weeks two weeks of fame have really gone to your head two weeks could you imagine if you're jesse and you have to live with michelle and you get two weeks free of michelle oh my god dream right there that's actually want to be around you oh my god two weeks of answering your own phone and actually getting (laughs) the information you need in a timely manner i'm never going back to america (laughs) i can i can get these calls (laughs) that's the number one thing 
uh, Becky yells at Jesse and says, I don't even know you anymore. And storms out. And Koji and Jesse have a heart to heart because Koji is a foreigner who yep. who is a wise person. He's a sage, yes, yeah. sage foreigner. This yep. always happens. This is a trope. Uh, he says, "Okay, you were a jerk." I mean, Jesse kind of says it, and he's just like, "Yeah, you're a jerk, big jerk, major jerk." He's like, "All right, easy, I get it." He opens the door. Becky never left. Fucking dick. She never left and says, "What took you so fucking long?" And he's like. Great career over, number one <laughs> song over. Fucking it's like ripper. we're forever living in the attic. Can you imagine being a ripper and hearing oh, this yeah. news? Yeah, right. There are other we're, members of the band, Jesse. Oh we're God, number one in Japan, and we gotta that. go home. Yeah, right. You're what destroying an entire ecosystem of rippers. <laughs> All the rippers have to go back to their garage where they live together. <laughs> How much time it takes to thaw them out? <laughs> yeah. They had to go play backup for Karen. <laughs> oh, the poor Rippers. They had to go home. Oh, man. Think about the Rippers. <laughs> Won't anyone right? think about the Rippers? What about us, man? Yeah. We had to fly over here and do all this. <laughs> right. Our car ride back. How much money do we make? I bought a house because of this tour, man. I met my wife. Yeah. She's sending me back. Jesse uh, just decimates five lives. This fucking <laughs> this should have broke up the Ripper forever. <laughs> the fuck, man? <laughs> they just get a different singer and stage of Michelle. And now and the Rippers. Live in Japan. <laughs> They just stay. <laughs> Fuck you. Koji oh, and the Rippers. Koji. Koji. Oh, God. Oh, my God. All right. We go back to San Francisco and Michelle is digging in the yard. <laughs> trying to ah. dig to Japan. Oh, dig yourself a hole and lay in it. Michelle. She digs a hole with Comet, and she's like, "You think we're getting close?" And Comet's like, "Okay." So you you take over, and he starts digging, and then Uncle Jesse's home already. Yeah, right. Surprises her, and it's all good. And they're just gonna have ice cream together, and it's fine that you destroyed <laughs> the careers of the Rippers. Yeah, fine. And just gave up his dream. Just gave up everything to be with Michelle. It's only Michelle. It's nobody yeah. else's fault. And Becky, sort of. The guy just wants these runny nosed nuts. Yeah, and he roasted nuts. What the fuck? Can a guy just have the nuts he wants? Oh my god, this episode is historically like I said, awful. I, just, I don't know if it's the worst. I remember. I, I remember be. feeling gross after more ep- full house episodes than this one, but this was just dog shit. It's one of the worst. It's absolutely terrible. I love how a theme of this show is just like, you can't have success because of these stupid kids. <laughs> because of Michelle in particular. <laughs> Who may or may not even be, be a little bit sad. Yeah. This, <sighs> I, this, was, this was just the shits. It's this like... made me hate literally everybody. <laughs> Nobody in the show. People like... in my real life. <laughs> 
Just turn to cat and like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Stop trying to tell me what to do. I want to live my dream. I'm in Were, you my dreams. Were you watching Full House again? <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're stifling my creativity. <laughs> Think I want to go to Japan. Big in Japan. God damn it. <laughs> Who are the Rippers, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> what about the Rippers? What about, what about the Rippers? How come you don't think about the Rippers like I do? I think I think what's like so upsetting about this to me, uh, amongst just how widely unfunny it is. Oh God! Is that Becky's response is so egregiously awful? Right. Because mm. like she acts as if this is a new thing for Jesse, but like. He's been playing that song for like 15 years now. Like his entire life has been, I got to get this song over. And for her to be like, all of a sudden you want to be a rock star and leave us all behind. It's like. That's what I've been doing this whole time. That's the whole fucking point. And on top of that, he said his song was 99 on the billboard charts. Right. At the beginning of the episode. Yeah. In. 1995 it's not bad that was a big fucking deal right i meant he was already probably pretty big yeah which meant he was probably touring he was like he was already living this life now he just wants to do it in japan for a little while Mm -hmm. and uh, and then she also holds him hostage for her career right yes because i have to get back to work she's like well she's like well i can't miss work Quit your job and come back to fucking Michelle like a normal human being. <laughs> I'm Becky. Becky's- had, no, she had such a temper tantrum at this, and it drove me nuts. That's not how you support somebody in your family or you talk it over. You don't do what she did. It was horrible. Right. And like, oh you know, boy, I, it, this makes me think just in general, like, you know, to get a, like a smidge deep about it. It's like, I remember Jesse and Becky having a good marriage yeah. growing up. That's not what we've seen. But now looking at it, they have a miserable marriage. Yeah. And what is, but like, what is that teaching kids that like, you gotta be miserable. You gotta be miserable. Right. And you're always beholden to your significant other and right. tantrums win and yes, bickering right. is fine. That goes back to the kids, though. That's the same message that you get with the kids. Like, if you put up a big enough stink and you and you whine and complain, you're going to get your way. Right. And, I mean, you know, I, I'm not thinking about it too deeply because I don't think, like, I my psyche was damaged. But, <laughs> yeah, but like, might have been. when you're seven and, like, you're looking at media and you're looking at the things around you, and especially if it's being presented to you as, wholesome family television which mm. tgif was you're basically being taught that this is what family is mm-hmm. but this family fucking sucks yeah. and like somewhere out there someone was damaged by this i'm telling you mm-hmm. and maybe all people are you know the idea of like a bickering wife or something like that like that's not my experience of marriage right but it's mm. certainly a trope and I certainly, and I know other people who are like that, who are just yeah. hounded by their wives all the time. And it's like, I, I don't know that that was just like what it was. That was every parental figure in television growing right. up and yeah. watching the two of these assholes just go at it in front of their 
poor kimonoed children. <laughs> what what are we teaching kids? <laughs> the saddest. Is this racist? We're not sure. It probably is, but it's gonna get a lot more racist soon. <laughs> that was my favorite. I also think it's funny that every time he sings forever, especially this time, Becky always has this look on her face like, ooh, that song's for me. And she looks upset that he's singing the song that he's put his whole career right. on to other people and it's not about her. <laughs> you expect this to be about just to you? It's always supposed to life? be about me. Yeah, right. <laughs> this might be about Koji. You don't know. Oh, Koji and Jesse. Oh, my God. All right. I think we've spent enough time. <laughs> hammering this episode let's do our top four we can hammer it some more number four full house house. (laughs) maybe the worst full house that we've ever seen yeah a number four full house full house i mean this dumb fucking show yeah maybe i missed did you even mention that joey's no line is that he just annoys danny it just a little bit yeah the what it's like two cutaways yeah (laughs) <laughs> that Gladstone, that's usually solid Gladstone writing was falling apart here. We need to get a Roger in there to punch yeah. it up. Oh, oh, there he is. We need a Roger. You know, we need a hot boy blimp. Maybe yeah. that's what it needed. Just rolling a hot boy blimp. Just load it up with Gladstones and fire the cannons. <laughs> Glads, a Zeppelin full of Gladstones. <laughs> like it's a unit of measurement now. <laughs> the Gladstone. How unfunny something is. Yeah. Gladstones. At least twelve Gladstones. Oh yeah, this episode is about twelve Gladstones. Oh, I like that. <laughs> maybe that's the, maybe that's how we need to judge this show from right. here. How on many up. Gladstones yeah, right. does the fourth place get, one? Get. It doesn't get ranked anymore. Yeah, it's just right. a, it's just blank. And then it's how many Gladstones is this show? <laughs> oh god! All right, number three. Uh, I think we're all gonna say the same thing. Step. step by yeah, step. Step by step. Like yeah. just. Fine, a bit of a mess. Fine to little bad, yeah. Bit of a mess. Like I said, I'm a sucker for Karen, and I did like that this was was focused on her because that's one thing we wanted to do is we wanted to get an episode of of Step by Step that was about Karen, and we got one. And I thought she herself did good. She just didn't have a lot to work with. Mm. Yeah, that's true. All right, number two. This is where we we might get some. Maybe not. Number two. Dinosaurs for me. Number two. Yeah, dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Uh, it's good episode. Yeah, good, good funny solid. episode. Too much music. I get it though. No, honestly, they did do a lot of time. It was focused on the music. I that dinner scene might be one of my favorite dinosaurs of all time moments. It was it's just excellent. awesome. It, it's it just excellent. A very fun, but very, it felt very natural, you know. And obviously, yeah. they were leaning into the whole guess who's coming to dinner and like you know that whole intolerance angle that they were going with and how you find common ground. You know, and I thought that was heavy-handed, but I thought it was fun and I thought it was charming. So, uh, dinosaurs yeah. too. I like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Which means this is a full unanimous episode. Yes, Perfect Strangers oh, yeah. number one. Yeah. Perfect, Perfect Strangers, Strangers number one. Valky as Elvis number that one. Fucking phone cord. <laughs> That's gonna go down. It as might go moment. down as my favorite. <laughs> my, I, I, it's hard because I really love the one where they're fixing the bathroom. Yes. And they just say it's extra parts and they just move on. <laughs> yes. But it's up there. It's right up there as one of my favorite Perfect uh, Strangers moments. So awesome. Any, anytime they sing together, that's yes. my favorite. 
I love that. Those are my favorites. So I like the part where they sit down and cross their legs at the exact same time. That was fun. Yeah. It was just a fun one. It's just fun. That show is just really fun. It is. There's not, it's not, there's no getting around it. <laughs> it's just better than everything else. Mm-hmm. We've proved that time and time again. Although this dinosaurs episode, I really did enjoy, I have to say. Yeah. Just not on, not on the yeah. number one level, but right. Pretty good. Solid episode. All right. That is it. A unanimous top four. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen often, but now we have to pick what the next episode is. Yeah. We got a lot of you options. Any, you have any off? Do you have anything uh, striking your fancy there, Greg? Oh, I sure did a second ago, but I can't remember okay. it now. Right. <laughs> What's on the table? What's still on the table? I don't even know. Oh, I'm sure there. I, well, I we always want to do the ones we haven't done yet, like the TGIF episodes that we have never pick one we did the we shows did like we like haven't done yeah, right. yeah which is difficult done. so it kind of comes right. down to whether we can find them or not well right. we, there yeah, are still we can, we several we've them. never seen the what is it like 10 and 10 is enough or 10 some of them are super hard to find but you yeah. can find that one on youtube the only reason i looked it up is because heather langenkamp from nightmare on elm street is in it mm. apparently so okay. and like mr belvedere was in the like yeah, right. first season right yeah that could be in there we can find that that california dream show is still out there um, there's, uh, there's a couple more. Yeah. I enjoyed when there's we did one, the first time, and we got like making the band, and yeah. I mean, to oh. a lesser extent, Teen Angel. And... Oh, we boy. could go back to making the band. I just love it. Yeah, we could. Um, we yeah, could. I don't know. I'm surprised we didn't put making the band at this. Oh, <laughs> it's right. fucking right. stupid. <laughs> it just didn't quite fit. Like yeah. it, like it could have fit, but like it wasn't a, a, you know. We'll find time quite... for that. Yeah, it didn't quite fit. I know it's banned, but it didn't yeah. quite fit into a reality show about a band. Like it's weird, but we also, I, you know, we haven't done a Boy Meets World in a long time. Um, oh yeah, it's been a minute for Boy Meets World and uh, could, Cooper. Honestly, like we don't, we, maybe we don't pick it now. Maybe we look at Boy Meets World or look at Mr. Cooper and see if there's some connecting tissue between the two, and then just go with that. Sure. Um, maybe. Sports. Oh, I. Oh, actually, I did. I remember what my idea was. There's okay. A, there's a tremendous episode of Perfect Strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Full stop. We'll watch yep. it four times. Um, where Larry writes a play called Wheat. <laughs> what the hell? And I love it. So I thought maybe there's got to be four episodes where they put on a play. There you go. You okay. Know, like I'm sure Boy Meets World. There's a. Yeah. There's oh, a, yeah. there has I know to there's be. a Romeo and Juliet school play. Yeah. Or something. Oh my. Right. They could break school up again. Play. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I like this. You have to kiss that girl on on the play stage, and now I'm I'm mad. But you should do, you should do it, and that'll make me madder. You told me to do it. That's it. That's, a, that's the problem. Why do you listen to me? Go meet a suicidal dolphin and then fix this. Go into the basement and go through the multiverse. <laughs> the TJF Nexus. Brennan. <laughs> i'm still here covered in cobwebs all right uh yeah so we don't have to do that i this like time, that but no, i um, like that one i like let's do that one i, like I didn't have a good one, one so that's yeah. good school plays yes yeah. school or plays. plays yeah right right yeah any kind of stage production yes. or anything Perfect. like that i'm sure they've all done that they must have all done that hopefully fred willard is in a sister sister episode playing something <laughs> hamlet amazing <laughs> he's fred willard <laughs> All right, plays it as himself. Yes. Uh, All right, I like it. That's what we're up to next. Any plugs? I don't think we have any plugs. Do we? Uh, 
plugs. Nope. No plugs this time. Let's get out of here. Thanks for joining us. Peace out. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>